Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go from there to Ephesians. We're going to talk more about this tonight. I'm going to give you some practical things tonight I think will be a help to you. In the book of Ephesians, we've been talking about growing up spiritually. And... Uh, I brought the book last week. I forgot to mention it, but Brother Hagen's got a great book. It's called Growing Up Spiritually. Amazing title. Uh, if you've not read it, you should read it. I love Brother Hagen's books because they're, they're easy to read. You know? I know, some of them, you know, can be, can, can sometimes they can be a little tough to understand. Brother Hagen's books are very simple to understand, very easy to read, and such truth in them. And if you don't have it, I encourage you to get it. You know, we've got a lot of stuff out there. Uh, uh, I know Brother Hagen's been gone for a while. He's been in heaven since 2003, right? Or 2000, yeah, 2003. He's been, been uh, 16 years he's been gone now, so February. And uh, uh, he's been gone a long time. But I tell you, his legacy is still here. And I tell you, those books that he has that, that we have in the bookstore, if you don't have them, you ought to read them. Go back and pick them up, and uh, they'll be a blessing to you. Amen? Praise God. So here in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, uh, we'll start in verse 11. It says, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all, everybody say all, till we all come to the unity of the faith and on the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. So we've been talking the last few weeks about spiritual growth on Sunday nights, and man, it really is an exciting topic, and it's, uh, uh, you, might not, you may not think so, but it is, uh, and you should be excited about it. And growing up spiritually, you know, you can, the fact that you can grow in the things of the Spirit ought to excite you. You know, I think back, you know, obviously I wasn't alive during these days, but you think back during the dark ages, you know. Imagine, imagine what life would be like if we were all were to step back, when were the dark, who knows, when were the dark ages? What were the, what time period? 13, 1400s, you know. I mean, I think about living back then and how about all the conveniences we have? I mean, who, who's grateful for air conditioning? Oh, thank you, Jesus, right? I mean, uh, we have a lot of modern, modern conveniences of things and uh, transportation and information, all these things. But, you know, one of the things that, they, that we have that they didn't have is we have, we have access to the Word of God that they didn't even understand. In those days, you know, if only, only the, 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 only the, you know, only a certain few could even read. Most people didn't have a Bible. Most people didn't really have access to these things. And, and really spiritual growth uh, wasn't something people even thought about. I mean, they were just trying to get by their daily life and trying to do it themselves and try to get along. And, and how I many you know if you cut God out of the equation, no matter how hard you try, you're just not going to do that well. And, uh, you know, they didn't have an opportunity to grow. And it was the dark ages, not because electricity wasn't here. It was the dark ages because the, the light of the gospel really wasn't shining. And God wasn't able to do what he wanted to do. And, and you know, uh, it was reserved for a select few. But how I many you know this has been made available to all of us? 
That's it. That, that, that is an exciting thing that this is available to all of us. I'm so grateful there's no spiritual superstars. What, what, what one person has achieved or learned in the things of the Spirit, you can learn. And how one person has grown, you can grow. And if, if you want it, if you, if you desire it, God is not hiding from himself or from us. He's not hiding. If God were going to hide, we would never find him, right? If he was in the hiding business, good luck, you would never find him, right? But he's not in the hiding business. He, he's, he's looking for opportunities to reveal himself and he's looking for opportunities to 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 develop us and, and to and to mature us. He's looking for opportunities to fellowship with us more. He's looking for opportunities for us to be more like him. And so, you know, the topic of this is something that if we'll put these things into practice and and use the things that God's given us and value the things that he gives us to value, it'll change our life. And and you know our life here in the natural will get better. How many can testify your life BC is not as good as life AC, right? After Christ, right? So, I mean, the, the, the BC life was not as good as the, whatever it is, right? What, what, uh, BC or A, yeah, yeah, AD, whatever. But anyway, life with him is far better than life without, right? Well, you know, no matter what we experience now, life can get better. Life can get better. It can get this, even our natural lives can be better than what they've been. And really it all comes down to what we're satisfied with and where we're willing to stop and what we're okay with putting up with and what we're not willing to put up with and what, you know, what we're not willing to, to miss out on. Amen. It's totally up to us. It's totally up to you. It's available to every person. Woo, thank God for that. Thank God it's available to you. Amen. You know, really, if you start, if you get into the Word and you find out really what the Bible says is available, it'll get you excited about what you can have. It'll get you excited about what's possible to you. It's real stuff. This, these are real things, and God wants to do them in your life. Amen? We should be excited about it. How I many know what you're excited about is what you're going to do? What you're excited about is where you're going to put your energy. What you're excited about is what you're going to devote yourself to. And, uh, you know, that we talked before about things that God is interested in. He's interested in people getting born again. How I many know if, if you're interested, if you're thrilled with your salvation, you'll be thrilled with somebody else being born again? You know, the best soul winners are the ones whose fires are on fire, their hearts are on fire for God. The ones who are the, be, the best light and the be, best witness are those who are just fully in love with Jesus. You show me somebody who's never witnessing, not letting their light shine, I, show, I can show you somebody who's not really spending much time with them. It's the truth, right? How many know you are who you hang out with, right? The more time we spend with him, the more excited about these things you become. Being filled with the Spirit, the more thrilled you are, the more it'll be on your mouth, it'll be, it'll be in your conversation, and the more you'll use it, right? When's the last time you prayed in other tongues, right? Well, you, 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 the, that answer really just shows just how, how thrilled you are with that gift, right? And then growing people spiritually and growing up in your life is, is how you're pushing into it will determine how you reach other people in this area as well. We talk about reasons why we need to grow. Uh, Jesus needed to grow. Well, if he needed to grow, we need to grow. Amen? Uh, God expects us to grow. I, I want to look at this scripture again. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians the fifth, the fifth chapter. I like, I like scriptures that show me God's perspective on things because it just helps keep me centered. How many you know a lot of times things can come and try to change your perspective? There's only one perspective that matters. And that's his perspective, right? And, and I value the way he looks at things. And uh, scripture, we know all scripture is given by God, right? It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. But in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, verse 12, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers. 
You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and come to need milk and not solid food. So one reason why we need to grow and we should be excited about growth is because God expects us to grow. He expects us to grow. You know, people say, oh, God loves me no matter what. You know, God does love us no matter what. You know, there, there's a, there's a, uh, uh, it is true. How many know all error starts with truth? Right? I mean, all error starts with truth, right? There's some truth involved in it, right? And uh, yeah, God, God loves us no matter what. I love my kids no matter what. My parents love me no matter what. I don't want to just embarrass my kids. I'm sure my parents feel the same way too. They loved me no matter what, but there were times they were not as happy with me. Watch it. All right. So, uh, how many know what I'm talking about? I mean, you know, they, they're, they're not as pleased with me at the moment. Why? Because of things I'm doing. Listen, God loves us, but he still expects things from us. You know, if you expect something from somebody, especially somebody that you've given so much for and invested so much in, well, when they fall short in that area, does it just warm your heart? Are you like, man, I love that they're not doing what I expected them to do, Right? If you come home, parents, and you're told the kids to mow the yard or, or wash the dishes, and they washed one dish and left the rest unwashed, or they mowed just around the house and left everything else unmowed, are you like, man, I'm so glad you mowed the one little bit? No, you're like, man, what's wrong with you, right? You ever had these conversations with your children before? I know I had, pastor had these conversations when he growing up. I remember breaking his mower. Him making me mow it with the head. With the, with, I keep teasing about that. Anyway, I won't go there. But anyway, no, you expect things out, out of your kids, right? I mean, and when they don't do this, he, you know, you're not pleased. Well, God expects us to grow up. I mean, really, if we're aware of the reality of that, he loves us, but there are things in our life that if we don't do, he's not pleased with. I mean, it's not like your boss not being pleased with you. I mean, that's a bummer, right? But, or your spouse even not being pleased. Have you ever disappointed their spouse? This spouse, it's not fun. But think about God not being pleased with us. Paul said, you ought to be. That means I, I, when I came, I came back to look, I expected to see something that I don't see. Well, so we ought to grow. We ought to want to grow. It's not okay to not develop. I said it's not okay to not develop. God loves you regardless, but it's not okay to not develop. It's not okay. He's not okay with it. But we can develop. We can please. Listen, no matter where you are, if you start, God might go from being un, unpleased to being very pleased because you're making growth. Amen? So God expects us to grow. That way we can take on more responsibility. Ephesians 2, the 10th chapter. We read this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I tell you what, things that are important require some maturity. Things that are of high value and have great stakes require maturity, right? You don't let a five-year-old drive a car. Why? There's a lot at stake in driving a car, right? You have to have somebody who's mature, someone who's developed, somebody who is growing in these things and paying attention. Well, if we're going to do what God calls us to do and really fulfill the grace that's on our life, we've got to grow. I would dare say a lot of this, and I know it's probably true in my life, there are graces on my life that I've not even gotten a glimpse of yet. I don't even know they're there because I've not matured to a place to even recognize them yet. You know, God will show you things. He'll show you things, but how many know he'll only show you oftentimes what the very next thing is? And until you do that, then more light will come, right? 
And, and just because you don't see anything else on the horizon doesn't mean there's not more. It just means you may have to have some, some learning things you need to do, some growing you need to do to be able to step into what God has for you next. Amen? So if we're going to fulfill uh, what he's called us to do, we need to grow. And then we can also enjoy the blessings of the Lord. We read that last week, Third John uh, verse, or verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul or spirit prospers. Our, our financial well-being, our physical well-being is tied to our spiritual growth. And so we want to live the best in this life. Amen. And if we're going to do that, we also need to make sure we're growing uh, uh, spiritually in these things and we get to enjoy fellowship with him. Amen. I tell you, as my kids get older, I enjoy it more because I can have more, uh, we share more things in common as we get older. Our perspectives are more in line as, as they get older and I just enjoy it. You know, God's the same way. Imagine coming to the place as you grow, he can really begin to share his heart with you about things. Isn't that, think about that. God setting time aside to share his heart with you about something. Personally share with you something. Awesome, right? Well, as we develop and mature spiritually, uh, uh, we can have that in our lives. Amen? And so one of the things in Brother Hagin's book, and I just felt like I was uh, looking at it this week, and uh, one of the things he did in the first few chapters of that book is he talked about locating yourself. And tonight, just for a few minutes, I want to look at locating yourself. You know, if you're going to go on a trip, what's the most important coordinate you have? Not where you're going, it's where you are. You know, if you open up your GPS, the first coordinate is, is a place for your location, right? Now, you can put in another location, but, you know, the, the default setting is to, unless you have it turned off, is to know where you are, right? Because no matter where you want to go, if you don't know where you are, how will you get there? You know, there's a lot of places uh, 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 that a lot of opportunity, a lot of options of places to go. And if you've got the proper coordinate of where you are, you can get anywhere with your GPS. Well, the same things are true with God. No matter what it is he has in front of you, no matter what it is he's put out there, no matter what it is he's calling you to or calling you up into, if you know where you are, you can get there. But, you know, we've got to be real with where we are. We have to be, acknowledge it and be real with where we are. And so he talked about locating yourself. And even in the area of, of spiritual maturity, we can locate ourselves. And like I said, Jesus needed to grow. We all need to grow. And, and really, as we're looking at some of these things, there are one area you may be mature in and another area you may not be as mature in. You can be more sound in one area and not as sound in another. Well, that's okay when you see an, an area where you're not sound, then you can grow and you can put attention on that, right? In the areas you are sound in, you can make sure that you don't lose ground <laughs> and start backtracking those areas. He talked about uh, different stages of development. So we're going to look at these for a minute. The first stage, obviously, is babyhood. Everybody starts out a baby, right? Starts out young and starts out uh, precious and sweet. Now, for the record, I know a couple weeks ago I said something about little kids. Listen, I love little kids. I had people come tell me, oh, so now I know you don't like, I do like little kids, all right? So I was trying to make a point. I like them better as they grow up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Michelle Green's like, no, I love babies. They're my favorite. Shame on you for lying in church. All right, so, uh, no, I... When you see a baby, you're, you're just, babies are precious. Every time a new child is born in the church, man, I'm always like, I forget how little my kids were, and, and, I, and I'm thankful for those times. I'm thankful we're not there anymore, too, but I'm thankful for those times. And, and, and children are a blessing, and babies are wonderful to be around. Somebody put up a, a picture on, I don't know what it was this week, and, and it was of a newborn. And, and you know, you see, you see a newborn, they were, had just been cleaned up, you know, and put the little, little stretch hat they put on their heads. And, you know, do we have our kids' little stretchy hats still? 
She's a bad mom. All right, so uh, she doesn't know, but uh, I'm sure we do somewhere. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm a bad dad. I don't know either, right? So uh, they had a little stretchy hat on, you know, and, and the baby's sitting there, and, and they're making a little, I can't even do it, you know, because I'm, I'm too old. But you know the little sounds? I wouldn't try. That'd be embarrassing. But making those little sounds and stuff, you know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, and, and kind of looking around and, and had, you know, had a gas pain that we all parents, like, oh, they're smiling. No, they have gas. And so, you know, they had a little thing on their face, and, and then they did the little cry with their, their jaw chatters, and it's really soft. You're like, oh, it's so sweet, you know, until they wake up at four in the morning. And, uh, you know, you see that. You, what do you, when you think of it, when you see a child like that, you don't think, oh, I wonder who this person's past is. They're probably crying because they, they just got out of jail or they have a, they have a, they have a no, they're, they're, there's innocence is attached to them. You know, when somebody gets born again, the Bible says that if a new person is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Whether it's in our life or somebody else, one of the things about uh, everybody starts off in a babyhood stage spiritually. No matter what the outside package looks like, when a person meets Jesus, they are fresh and new on the inside. Aren't you glad that, 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 that that's how God looked at you when you got born again? Aren't you glad he wasn't looking at your past? And, and No, he forgot all of that stuff behind you. He forgot who you were. The old man is dead and gone. Now all things are new and all things are of God. I mean, it's a great day, right? Well, you know, when, when somebody gets born again, uh, we need to make sure we also give them a chance to be new in things and give them a chance to, to develop. And there's a clean slate there, spiritually speaking, but everybody starts off that way. And, it, and it's a sign, it's a first stage of spiritual development. There is a freshness and a newness that's there. You know, this morning after service, uh, uh, I, I was walking by and Eric had Ellie and, and you know, those eyes when she just, just looks at you, just kind of staring, somebody describes it as staring into your soul. You know, they're just, just, that's how, that's how God views us, and that's our relationship with him, and, and that's how things start out. And so that's true of every single individual. We start off in a new, uh, a new place. There's no sin. There's, no, uh, uh, there's none of that thing, those things. And you know that, that tenderness and that sweetness ought to be something that we maintain. You know, we, we can develop spiritually, but yet still hold on to certain attributes of being a child. That sweetness and, and, and humbleness and just, you know, when you make a mistake, you know, sin, what do you do? You ask God to forgive you and he cleanses you from what? From all unrighteousness. That's why, you know, there are certain aspects of spiritual growth we want to stay babies and stay fresh and clean. Don't let sin get in your life and stay there. Don't let, don't let attitudes get in there and just stay there. You know, the Bible calls a root of bitterness, Something small, a root of bitterness, can grow up into a great big huge thing and choke out the life out of you, right? And so maintain a position of an innocence before God. When you miss it, deal with it. Listen, you're not alone. We've all missed it. We're all going to miss it. Now, that's not an excuse or permission to miss it, right? You know, so a lot of people do look at, well, God will forgive me. It didn't matter. No, it does matter. But when you do, be quick to deal with it. Has you ever been there someplace where something happens and you know you're wrong, but just, just something, you just, you just don't want to let loose of that thing? Have you been there before? No, y'all are, are too in it. Y'all are too perfect, right? No, that is the old nature trying to rise up and cause you problems and keep you in a place that you ought not be in. Deal with stuff quickly. Deal with stuff quickly. When it comes to these kind of things, maintain an innocent life before God. 
You know, it's so it's it's what you know. It really, is a blessing to know if you miss it, you can say, "God, that was dumb." You don't need to be all spiritual about it. Well, it is spiritual to admit it, but you don't have to be all religious about it. Oh, Father. And if you're religious enough, then you feel like you did something. He hears you. Be you. God, that was really dumb. And I'm really sorry. And I will never do that again. By your grace, I'll never do it again. And mean it from your heart. Even if, you, if it's your 50th time or 500th time saying the same thing, mean it right where you are. And depend upon the Holy Ghost to help you. It's such an important thing. You know, if you don't do that, the things of God can become dull to you. And you become hardened to the Spirit of God. It, it can dull you to what God has for you. God can be speaking to you through a megaphone. You might not even hear it. I've been there before. Let things get in one area or another. Not paying attention to keeping my heart pure. And the Lord is basically doing somersaults right next to me. Doing everything he can do to get my attention. And I just won't, I just, I can't hear it because I won't deal with what's going on on the inside. Be quick to deal with sin. Be quick to deal with it. Be quick to, to, to repent. Be quick to, to run to God. In times of trouble, don't run from him, run to, run to him. Amen. Well, we can move on. It's a characteristic. There's innocence there. Another is, is ignorance. You know, naturally speaking, we don't know how things work. I never forget years ago, you know, at the church, at the old church, there was a, a kid at the house across the street from the, from the uh, Blanding building there. I think it was across the street from the Blanding building there. A young child that had grabbed the uh, bleach bottle at their house and thought it was milk and, and drank. I don't remember what happened to him. I, don't, I have no idea. Do you remember that? No, but anyway, you don't remember it? Oh my goodness, I remember something my mom doesn't. It did happen. Just because she doesn't remember doesn't mean I'm making it up. It did happen. She's, you know, her age anyway. No, so, I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Ooh, you know those times I say when they love you, but they're not as happy with you? Uh, okay, so anyway, uh, she's trying to make me feel good right now by saying you remember something I don't. But I do remember this happened. I got, that. I got both eyebrows. That's bad. All right, so, oh Lord, forgive me. All right, so, um, no, but they, they, this, the child, I forget how old they were. They're all old enough, obviously, to climb up and, and on the washer, and they grabbed it, and they thought it was milk and, and drank bleach. How many you know ignorance? Some of the saying is ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is ignorance, and ignorance can, is dangerous. It can be dangerous to not know what you're doing, not knowing how to handle a gun, not knowing how to handle a, a, a car, not, not knowing what to do in certain situations Ignorance is not good. Well, babies grow up not knowing. Babies don't know what to do. And that's one of the reasons why it's important that we want to grow because we don't want to stay in a place of ignorance. Well, the grace of God, he'll take care of me. The grace of God is always there, but he, if he's expecting you to grow, he's expecting you to mature, Right? He's expecting you to develop. He's expecting you to do things. And so you can say, well, God will, God will always be there. He will be there, but he's going to be there in the midst of you putting some time and some effort into no longer being ignorant. How many you know that God's word is, is the primary source of information from us or for us? We need to grow in these things as well, right? So naturally speaking, somebody's ignorant uh, when they grow up, when they're born again, when they're, when they're born. Well, spiritually as well, people are ignorant. People eat up all kinds of teachings. They ought not, he ought not be, or listen to things they ought not be listening to. Somebody recently was telling me something about, you know, uh, it wasn't here, but about Christian television, their favorite program or something on Christian television. What do you watch? And I said, I don't watch it. You can see the look of, of Christian shock on their face. You know, you don't watch 
Christian television said, no, I mean, I watch Netflix, but, you know, I really, I don't really watch Christian television. And they're like, really? So, and I'm thinking, there's some good stuff on there. I really don't know because I don't watch it. I do have some apps on the Roku that, that are specific people I'll, I'll watch, but I don't watch just regular stuff. Now, I'm not saying you can't watch Christian television. You need to, you need to, you need to follow your heart, but there are some things on there you ought to turn off. There's some stuff on there you ought to turn off, right? There, there, there are some things we shouldn't watch. And, well, you know, we need to grow up enough to where we can decipher that stuff for ourselves. You know, you can decipher that for yourself. You don't have to have somebody that's coming and tell you, and that's not good. If you'll grow and develop something on the inside, it'll be like, eh, 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 oh, oh, something, something's not right. Something's not right. Something's not right there. Something's not right there, right? And you can even learn to pick up the good things and not swallow the bad things, Right? You never want to get in a place where you write somebody off entirely, right? Because they have something, people are going to have something to give. If they're endeavoring to follow God, it's likely they're going to have something to give, right? And, and you know, but same point, you got to be smart enough to know that, that to, developed enough to know when the Lord gets your attention to not listen to that and yet pick up the good things. How many know even here? We need to, we need to make sure we're, we are following the, our hearts, right? And not just go into, into church, even an impact family church with a baby bird syndrome, mouths open, brains off, just taking in everything we hear. They say, you don't trust pastor? No, I do trust pastor. You don't trust yourself? No, I don't trust myself. No, uh, but, but I do know this. We're all human, right? We're all human. I'm human. Pastor's human. My mom's not human, but uh, she is just perfect. I'm trying to win back some favor there, but... Uh, no, we can make, we can make error, mistakes. You judge everything according to God's word. Everything's got to go by God's word. You know, something said that violates what scripture say, then you don't have to listen to it. But we ought to be growing in these things so that we're not in a place of ignorance. And then another stage of babyhood is irritability. Babies are just irritable. They cry. They don't even know why they're crying. Sadly, some Christians cry, and they really don't know why they're crying. Just upset about something? I'm not looking at anybody. No, <laughs> we've all been there, right? Just babies are irritable. Well, it, how many know? Uh, I've often said, you know, one of the, one of the worst sounds in the world is the sound of my children whining. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh yes, she said. So it's one of the worst sounds in the world. One of the greatest sounds is your kids when they're laughing. One of the worst sounds is when they're whining, right? Well, you know, one of the things of, of babyhood is just a whininess and an irritability and just, a, just, just unsettledness. You know, when it comes to spiritual things, if we're not careful, we can be irritable as well. Irritability hurts us. doesn't help us. Well, if I cry enough, God will feed me. No, 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 no. He, no, that's not the way it works. <laughs> no, we need to grow in these things. I mean, we're not going to spend any time there, but... Um, we don't make anybody uncomfortable. All right, so childhood is another area. Childhood is another stage. There's unsteadiness attached to it where they just can't be consistent with things and, and, and uh, can't focus long enough on anything to finish. How many spiritual projects have we started where we just couldn't focus and stick with it? How much has not been accomplished for the kingdom of God because we started an area for him but didn't finish it? Has he laid anything on your heart for the workplace and you started off but, but other things got your attention and you didn't finish? That's a sign, a sign of spiritual childhood, right? Another is curiosity. Curiosity killed the cat. Curiosity can also harm the believer. Talkativeness. 
always have their mouth running. How I many know <laughs> if your mouth is always running, you're likely to get yourself in trouble, right? Well, spiritual speaking is the same way. You know that, uh, uh, how many know gossip is a spiritual thing? <laughs> it is. Always talking about ourselves is really a spiritual issue. That's true. Well, you know, only being concerned about our own details of life. How the service makes me feel. How the topic is, how it applies to me. How many know that not every time we come together, it's about you? If you haven't learned that yet, we got to learn it, right? Not everything's about us. There's a mission. There's a job. There, there are, there, there's an agenda. There's an assignment to be achieved. Every time we come together, there's things to be done. It's not always just going to be catered just for you, but, but if your heart's right, even in the midst of that, God will still meet you right where you are. Irresponsibility is another area. Can't be counted on to do things right. Well, same thing is true spiritually. You know, when, when our commitment to the church, even in our natural affairs, our commitment to the church, if we're not stable in those things, it's a sign of spiritual immaturity. Amen? This is fun, isn't it? But it's the truth. You know, people want to volunteer and then, then get out and then start something and then quit. Well, that's a sign of some spiritual immaturity on their part. We want to make sure that we're responsible. Easily distracted is another sign of, of spiritual immaturity. It's, it's a sign of a, a child. Children are easily distracted. Spiritually as well, we're easily distracted. Desire for other things, the Bible says, enters in and chokes out the word. Do, the, the, do other things have the power to, to, to hinder God's word from happening in our life? In and of themselves, do they? On their own, do other things have the ability to stop God's word from producing in our life? Does it? And on its, people are like, I don't know what to answer. It's the desire for other things. But other things in, in and of themselves have no, no ability to affect you. It's where your attention is going, where your heart is going, that, that really gives those things power in your life. You know, one of the things that I just thought of, you know, we, we live in a, we're living in a culture where Christianity is under attack. And, and you know, there's being a lot, thing, a lot of things being said about what we believe and us as, as believers. You know, if you're not careful, those things can affect you and cause you to be quiet. Have you ever experienced pressure to keep your mouth shut because of opposition that's been brought because of your stance and because of your faith? Well, you know, it does, those words have no power unless you allow them to have power. Other people's opinions about these things have no power unless you give them authority in your life. But it's a sign of spiritual immaturity when things get us off track, where, where, where uh, 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 we're distracted by these things. And then going on to adulthood, he talked about, like I said, you can read, it, read the book. He goes into more detail about these things. But adulthood, one of the things about adulthood is they esteem earthly things lightly. Spiritually adult, uh, mature people uh, uh, esteem earthly things lightly. Physically mature people know where to put their priorities, right? They know what to value at the moment, what's important. I know I'd like to do this, but right now this is what I need to do. I know I'd like to go out and buy that car, but I need to put food on the table, right? I know I'd like, I saw, I've told you this before about the guy that I saw a story on TV about a guy that he had a thing about fixing up cars and he bought a, a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Amy had a Mitsubishi Eclipse when we met. This was years ago, I bought a Mitsubishi Eclipse. It's what? At the time, maybe $35,000, $30,000 car. Maybe, if that, I don't know, maybe twenty-five. dollars And uh, he was married, had a young child. They lived in a one-bedroom apartment, studio apartment, meaning the kitchen and the bedroom were all in the same room. He had put $60,000 into modifications on his car. 
and yet they couldn't afford a house. They were living week to week, couldn't pay for anything. The wife was getting ready to, to kick him out because every time the, you know, nowadays the, the Amazon guy would show up with some new part for his car, right? How many know that's not a mature person? You have a wife and a child. Take care of your wife and child before you put a part on your car. No matter what you do to that Mitsubishi Eclipse, it's still a Mitsubishi Eclipse, right? And so we see most people recognize that and say, well, that's immaturity. Well, how many know that when we esteem earthly things above godly things, it's a sign of spiritual immaturity, right? It's one of the reasons why God can't bless people with a boat because when God blessed them with a boat, they'd be in the boat every weekend and not in church. It's the truth. Well, I've always wanted one. Maybe that's your problem. You want it too much. Want it a little less. Have your priorities right. You might just get it, right? But see, it's esteeming earthly things lightly. There's an age to come. We need to value those things, amen? Takes correction well is a sign of spiritual maturity. How many know kids don't like to be corrected? Let me know what I'm talking about. Kids don't like to be corrected. An immature person doesn't like correction. Well, you know, taking correction is important. Go to Proverbs chapter three. I'm gonna give you some scripture here. Is that all right? Proverbs, the third chapter. In the 11th verse. I mean, you know, this is inspired by God, right? He said, my son. He didn't say my servant. He didn't say my friend. He said my son. Didn't say my neighbor. He said my son. Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, corrects just as a father, the son in whom he delights. You know, a sign of spiritual immaturity is you don't, people don't respond well to correction. That's a sign of spiritual immaturity. Quick to, to, to get offended about things or quick to be, quick to be, I know it's a bad word, offended. People don't like the word offended, but quick to go on the defense, be defensive. Offended is not a bad word, but people don't like it, but it, it happens, right? But quick to be defensive or to be on, on, the, on the fight, on the backtrack, on the defend myself. That's a sign of immaturity. Listen, God loves you. He's going to correct you. Hebrews chapter 12 says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. It didn't say if you're rebuked by him. It says when you are rebuked by him. If we're going to grow, he's going to correct things. If there's no correction, there is no growth. That's how you learn to mow the yard. That's how you learn to ride a bike as a kid because you did it wrong and somebody gave you instruction on how to do it right. Right? And of course, it's our responsibility to do things the right way, but having I mean, a correction is important. It says, if you endure chastening, verse 7, God deals with you as a, as a son. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. That's not good. No one wants to be illegitimate. They want to be legitimate, be bona fide, right? Well, God's going to, he's going to, he's going to chasten you. Furthermore, we had human fathers who corrected us. We paid them with respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? Notice life is in connection with our ability to take instruction, right? Life is connected to this. 
For they indeed, or, or for they indeed, for a few days chasten us as seemed best to them. But he, for our prophet, that we may, we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it reveals, re- yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. One of the signs of, of, of maturity is an openness to correction. That's an important thing in our life, amen? Uh, you know, no matter how old we are uh, physically, naturally speaking, we should always be open to correction from the Lord. Amen? No matter how old we are physically, I had somebody once tell me, well, you know, I'm a certain age, I can, I can say what I want. No, you can't. I can do this, I've, I've lived long enough, I can do what I want. No, you can't. I've lived long enough, I can, I can say it however I want. No, you can't. How many know that's the truth? Right? It's not just when you're five that's true. It's when you're 55 as well. We need to always be open to correction. Deadness to criticism or praise. Whether it's good or bad, I'm still going to do what I, na- I know is needed and what is right. You know, I've noticed this, that, that sometimes, you know, uh, how many know it's good, to be, it's good to be encouraged? It's good, to be, it's good for somebody to give you some praise. But if somebody's praising you a little bit too much, you might need to watch out, <laughs> right? But regardless of whether you have criticism or praising, if you're obeying your heart and you're obeying God's word, it shouldn't affect you. Listen, we all, want, we all need encouragement and we ought to be willing to give encouragement. You know, that's, that, is a, that is a ministry that people can have is to be an encourager, right? To be an encourager is, is a gift from God, to be an encourager, I ask you, who have you been encouraging? Well, I want to encourage. Wish somebody encouraged me. Well, who are you encouraging? Right? If you're not encouraging anybody, why would you expect any encouragement? Right? But whether you get encouragement or not, really, when it's all said and done, if you're mature, if you're growing, you don't need it to keep doing what you need to do. Praise or criticism. Just because somebody doesn't like something you're doing, if you know it's right, you're going to do it anyways. A deadness of these things is a sign of maturity. An ability to recognize God at work in your life. I tell you, that's so important to recognize. The more you see, the more you'll experience. Amen? So for the last few minutes, I just want to look at how do we, how do we move on to, into maturity? How do we develop in some things? Number one, we got to know the source in your life. James chapter 1, the 17th verse, I'll read it to you. You can write it down. It says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. If we're going to grow spiritually, we got to recognize where our source comes from. How many know we are not our source? Now, we need to be busy in life and put our hands to things where no matter what, we need to do our part. But how many know that if we take out the grace of God for about five seconds, the planet would completely fall apart? We need to recognize the source of all good things in our life come from God. Every good gift comes from above. Every perfect gift comes from above. So yeah, I know that, Pastor, but are you living aware of it? Are you living a life where you are aware of it and thanking him for it and honoring and recognizing him for it, right? Listen, God, nothing God has done for us is because we deserve it. It's because he chose to do it. It's not because we, we, we've, we're owed it. It's because God made a decision to do it. 
Spiritually mature people recognize that, recognize that that's how they're able to do that for somebody else because people aren't going to deserve what, what you need to do, but it's the right thing to do. God will do it because he makes a decision. You can do it because you can make a decision. We need to recognize he is our source. We need to determine to walk in love. Go over to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Determine to walk in love. Ephesians, chapter five. In the first verse, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. And walk in love. You know, walk in love is more than just not getting an attitude with somebody. Walk in love is more than just not saying something mean to somebody. Walk in love is laying your life down. Loving, love, walking in love is, is, is going the extra mile. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna grow and fulfill and to remember the scripture we read in Ephesians says that the body does its share, causes growth of the body. That means everybody's giving, everybody everybody's busy and involved. That is walking in love. That is walking in love is is putting aside our own things for somebody else. God is honored by that, and it causes growth to the body. I wouldn't be where I am today if people hadn't have done that for me. And really, it was more than just my parents. It was more, they did a lot of that growing up. They, they, they probably did the majority of that. But there were a bunch of other people who did that for me. Walking in love is, is vital if we're going to grow spiritually. And you have to develop that. Our, 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 our human nature does not do that. It goes for itself. Right? There may be things that come your way, opportunities that come your way, but you don't take them because it's not the right thing for somebody else. Because it's not a benefit to somebody, you don't do it because it's not a benefit for somebody else. That's walking in love. I encourage you to go read, read, read uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Go and read it. Go back and read that some. I mean, that, that, that chapter right there, if we, if we endeavored to do that on a daily basis, uh, that, we'd, we'd have our work cut out for us, wouldn't we? But wouldn't life be sweet? Husbands and wives, are you, are you living a, a 1 Corinthians 13 with each other? Is that your life? Well, they did. It doesn't matter what they did. doesn't matter what they said. doesn't matter how they acted. doesn't matter what they did. It doesn't matter what they said. I mean, you know, really, success in every, every area of your life is not difficult. It's just a choice. It's just a choice. It's just a choice. Determined to walk in love. Let love be your motivation. The next one is value God's word. Value God's word. First Peter chapter two, you can look at it. First Peter chapter two, we read this uh, last week or the time before, I'm not sure when, but first Peter chapter two, verse one. says, therefore lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, and as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. That's a choice. I mean, no, that's a choice. That you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. You have to value God's word. It's important to you. I don't know what the statistics are, but I don't remember offhand. I don't want to quote them and be wrong. But the number of, of 
Spirit or evangelical Christians in America who spend time in their Bible on a daily basis is really small. It's really small. I forget what it was. It was like less than 5%, I think. They spend, spend time in God's word on a daily basis. We gotta value God's word. I mean, with technology, it's so easy, but, but, but the word of God is what's gonna cause you to grow. Value it. It's something that we dig into. 2 Timothy says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is valuable. You know, in our culture we live in, it doesn't value God's word. It really doesn't value much of anything. Where our value is is completely dependent upon us. Right? You know, where, where, what, what we're putting in us every day shows what we value. You know, on your iPhones, they have, if you have an Apple device, I don't know what Android does, but they've got screen time. It shows you what your average screen time is for the week. Your average daily screen. Anybody have that app on there? Anybody ever seen it pop up and you're like, oh, 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 oh. Not, anybody know what I'm talking about? You look and you're like, oh, dear Lord. Now, me, I can say I do read my Bible on my, my that, that's all of my time is reading my Bible, right? But, um, but it gives you screen time. How much time you spend in front of the screen? What's your, what's your average? Well, you know, what's your, what's, your, what's your word time? What's your Bible screen time? Oh, I was wanting to come and have, you know, tell me how great I am. You are great. You've got a great God. You've got a great big old Bible. With great and big and precious promises. Get them great big eyeballs on them, right? It's important. Our flesh outside of God's word, they'll never line up. They'll just never line up. How many know that God's word is true no matter what you think? No matter what grandma said? No matter even what you've experienced, God's word is true. How many of us have been in a place where we've experienced something and we think, well, it didn't work for me. What must not be? No, no, no. If he said it, it's true. God's word is final. <laughs> you know, uh, this uh, past Friday night, we had a, had a youth event. We were at uh, Stephen and Rachel's, the, the more, not just Stephen and Rachel's, Mark and Leslie's, Jenna Ryan's, half of the county's house over there. And, um, we had an event over their house, and after it was over, the some of the older guys we stuck around. We were just talking until I don't know, one forty. Was it really one forty? It seemed like forever. But anyway, just kind of reminiscing about things and just just laughing about things and just just enjoying fellowship with one another. And and um, I was one of them. Brought up a, a, a an example that really fits here. Many years ago, back in the youth department, if you ever wonder what we talk about next door, you know we don't just. Uh, uh, we, we, we get into the Bible, right? And we, we discuss stuff. And, and uh, several years ago, you know, we were talking about, um, uh, uh, talking about, well, we were talking, you know, young people are finding spouses and mates. And, and he said, well, not, that, not when they're 15. Yes, they are. They're establishing what's okay when they're 15, right? And as we were talking about these things, and, and uh, I got up and made the statement in this service that, you know, that talking about 2 Corinthians chapter 6, not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, I mean, you know, that's Bible, right? That's, that wasn't, 
Pastor Greg 6, that was actually 2 Corinthians. Paul wrote that, not PG. And so I'm reading the, the scripture, and I said, listen, it, 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 that's what the Bible says. And, and, and I use this example a lot because you see, I've seen it a lot. I mean, this is not just teenagers. This is college age. This is all kinds of people do that. Our relationships ought to not just romantic. They ought to be right, right? We ought not be unequally yoked together with people who don't share the same values, who don't have the same spiritual DNA. What fellowship has light when dark? None. What fellowship has Christ? with Delisle, zero, right? There, there's no ambiguity there. It's clear. And there's other scriptures that say the same things. And so I was talking about when we were talking about relationships and dating and, and, and setting standards for yourself, doing it now instead of waiting until you're at a place where you can get married, you're old enough to get married, do it when you're young, right? Parents, these are things you ought to be talking about with your kids. Don't just leave it to the youth pastor and the youth staff to do parenting for you. Take youth pastor hat back off. Uh, as, as a parent, we talk, to, my, we talk to our kids about this stuff. We absolutely, we, we, talk, we have talked about this stuff for years. We talk about this. Why? I want them to know, listen, do what God says. Do it God's way. It'll pay off. Even if everybody's hooking up and dating all over, you do it God's way. It's better to be alone than be with the wrong person. Learn it at 13. Right? Anyway. All right, hats back around. But anyway, I was talking about, talking about this, and I said, listen, I said, you ought to be, un you, there's no reason to be unequally yoked. It's violation of Scripture. It's never okay. And this particular young man was there, and, and he came up to me after service. He said, I want to ask you about that. He said, when my parents met, my mom was born again. My dad was not. So you're saying that that was wrong? I said, well, that's, I said, it's not what Pastor Greg is saying. That's what the Bible said. He said, well, he said, if it wasn't for my mom dating him and them getting married, he's, he's saved now. It's because they got married. I said, well, let me know you don't want to comment on somebody's spiritual condition because I don't know. And I don't know their spirit, his father's. I didn't know their spiritual condition. Little word to the wise when you're talking to somebody and you don't know, don't say something. <laughs> if you don't know, you don't have to have an answer. It's okay to not know. And I don't know their spiritual condition. I said, well, I said, regardless... Regardless, it, it said, thank God for that. And I will tell you, that is the exception. It is not the norm. That is not what usually, that's usually not what happens. And regardless, the Bible said not to do it. I didn't know this until Friday night. How many years ago was that? Been that long ago? I been, I've been here 15 years. So maybe 13, 14. All right, something like that. Making me older than I am. All right, so it's been, it's been 13 probably years ago, 12, 13 years ago. To this day, he still brings that up. To this day, he still talks to him, to Ryan about that. That Pastor Greg said this to me. He I said, and that was completely wrong. I don't, and he just said that, and my parents did this. And, of course, now his parents don't go to church anywhere. None of them do. Well, I don't know. I don't know. He might be going somewhere now. I don't know. But anyway, but for years, years until maybe just recently, he didn't darken the door of a church for years because of what Pastor Greg said. Imagine that. He didn't darken the door of it. He quit coming here. That was the last time we saw him and didn't go to another church for years because of what Pastor Greg said. How many know Pastor Greg didn't say it? There's a, there's an old saying, don't shoot the messenger, Right. Think about during, back in the old days when, when, a, when, a, when, a, when, a, when a, a runner would have a message for the king and the king was so immature that instead of dealing with the message, he'd cut the guy's head off, right? You know, don't shoot the messenger, don't kill the messenger. Listen, don't hate the player, hate the game. A modern way of saying it, well, 
Well, see, people say, well, I don't want to hate the game. How do you know? We just know on the inside we don't want to hate the game, but it's easy to hate the player. See, we've got to be open to God's word no matter who it comes through. I said, we've got to be open to God's word no matter who it comes through. Some of us, our children have the answer we need, but we won't listen to them because they're our kids. Sometimes there's somebody who might be somebody that you, you change their diapers and tiny toss may very well have your answer. Even more crazy, pastor might actually have your answer one time. One time, maybe once. We've, I've seen this happen so many times. I'm sure you've seen it happen many, many times over the years. Get, get, listen, are we gonna honor somebody's opinion, our opinion or whoever's opinion over God's opinion? It doesn't make any sense to hate the game. It's easier to hate the players and not hate the game, right? I mean, we ought to love God's word. And when it challenges us in something, man, something's got to give. Something's got to submit. It'll either be our future or our satisfaction to God, or it's going to be, you know, I mean, something's going to give, or it's going to be our will to bow our knee. If you want to grow spiritually, put God's word first. If it says it, even if you don't understand it, that's all right. I found many times there are things I don't quite get. God does not have to explain himself for me to obey. I know as a kid there are things they told me to do and didn't tell me why. Things they put their foot down about, we're not doing this, and I didn't understand. And they didn't tell me why. I'm glad they didn't tell me why. There are things sometimes the Lord will deal with you about. And, and, and something in the scripture will come up that you don't understand, but it looks so good. That, I, that, that can't be true because I can see how I can see it's working this way. And so-and-so did it this way. And sure, I just know, oh, you're in trouble. You're setting yourself up for disaster. Honor God's word. It is the authority. Listen, I know today the idea of absolute truth is under attack. That there, Truth is relative. Truth is not relative. Truth does not fit our perspective. Truth is truth regardless. Most of the division we have in our nation and in society is over people customizing truth in their life. That's what it's coming down to. That's where the divide and the fight is. It, there is a war for truth. The enemy doesn't care what truth we hold on to as long as it's not God's truth. Because all other areas of truth lead to him. If it's not God's word, no matter what it is, no matter what shade it is, no matter what version it is, no matter what angle it is, if it's not God's word, it's headed to disaster. And if we're going to grow spiritually, we've got to value that. Say, well, I, I want God to give me something special. He's not going to give you anything special if you're not willing to hear what he's already given you. Really what that is, that's looking for an exemption. A reason why that doesn't apply. We've been there. I've been there. I'll be honest. I've been there before. I wanted something so bad. I knew what the word said, but, I, but Lord, I'm praying. I, you, you keep asking. He may give you a plan B. He may give you an He may say, you can do this. Old Testament reading, you know, I forget which group it was. They wanted uh, uh, Baal, Baal the, the, the kings of Baal, wanted them to come and the prophet to come and bless them. 
God told him not to. I mean, you know that? And he said, he said and, they, and they said, well, well, we'll make you very prosperous. And he went back, Lord, let me go do it. Listen, when you've heard from the Lord, you don't need to keep going back and asking him to, over and over and over again. Eventually he said, go. And then when he went, there was an angel standing in the road and the donkey didn't want to pass because it saw an angel there. And he's like, yo, I thought you said I could do it because you kept pushing. <laughs> I mean, you know, we need to make sure we're in a place where we're, our hearts are right. I just say this no matter where you are right now. If you'll start valuing God's word, God will get you out of that situation. So God will get you out of that situation. No matter what's going on in your life, if you'll value God's word and do what you know to do, God will get you out of that situation. Are you listening? God will get you out of the situation. It can be financial. It can be physical. It can be in your marriage. It can be in your family. It can be in your kids. It can be in your job. Right? If you'll start doing what God showed, be a doer of the things you've heard. Start valuing God's word. He'll get you out of those situations. It may not happen tomorrow, but it'll happen. It may not happen overnight, but it'll happen. You have to value his word. Learn to pray. Learn how to, not just to sit down and thank you for my food. I ask you to bless it in Jesus' name, but... How to worship God and worshiping is prayer. Can I say this on a Sunday night or Sunday morning when pastor comes up to speak? Let your praise go longer than 30 seconds to see what's next. Learn to develop a heart of, of, of praise. That's prayer. Communication with God. Do you want to grow spiritually? You, you learn how to pray. You learn how to tap in to connect with your heart. You learn to do it. You understand what I'm saying? Learn how to pray. Draw from the ministry gifts that God's placed in your life. There'll be a blessing to you. Listen, we want to grow. I said we want to grow. Do you want to grow? These are things that are possible to us. They're possible, they're available to us. And if we'll make it our determination, God will honor that. Even if you don't know everything, start where you are. You'll begin to grow. You'll begin to develop. You'll begin to see things you've not seen. The word of God will become real to you. you start value. So when you value something, you'll start value something, you'll start seeing things in it you didn't see before. You'll start hearing the voice of God. Start honoring God in different areas. Start doing the things you know to do. Things will start changing in your life. We'll develop, we'll grow, amen? At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.